Your twins just walked off the Brewers and Devin Williams. So let's talk about it. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And hello again. Hey, hey, what do you say? Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As a reminder, please feel free to be active in the comments on YouTube. And when we do these live shows, please feel free to be active in the comments there too, because best comments get added to the screen. So sounds like fun? Great. Also, too, if you have questions you want answered on the show, feel free to ask. Shoot me a DM at Brandon underscore Warren at Locked On Twins. Whatever it takes, email, Pony Express, however. And then Locked On Twins, breathless post-game minutes after pretty much every game. And uh, a fun thing that we're doing with those now is a stat you will hear nowhere else. So I research, I find a statistic that I don't think you're going to hear on an article any sort of recap, I think I'm going to be the only one to have it. So you can feel free to test me on that. If you hear it somewhere else, make sure to let me know. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Also, Twins play the Brewers in the series finale. Still not really sure what to do with these two game series, but Wednesday, twelve ten p.m. It is Colin Ray against Bailey Ober. Catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny. Danny back in the booth starting on Tuesday night. With SiriusXM on the SXM app, just search Twins, and we have to just dive right in. The Twins walked off Devin Williams, and I think even if you weren't aware of Devin Williams coming into the game, which I think would be surprising, but I wouldn't rule out it being entirely impossible. You saw his ERA on the screen, 0-4-2. Here's some fun facts that I also shared in the post-game minute. These are not the fact you won't hear anywhere else, though. I will share that as well. But Devin Williams had allowed just one earned run to, the enti- to this point in the entire season, a 0-4-2 ERA. He allowed four in this one. This is the first time Williams had allowed four earned runs in any appearance in 649 days since September 2nd, 2021. This was also only the third time in Williams' career he had failed to record an out. The previous two times were against the Rockies, on June 18th, 2021, and the Pirates on August 3rd, 2022. There were zero earned runs against the Rockies, one against the Pirates. So again, this was unprecedented, uncharted waters. This also was, uh, the Twins came into this game with the fewest runs scored in the ninth inning of any team across all MLB this season, with 11. With their four, they moved into... I think it was 29th place. I think the team ahead of them had 14. So they're they're kind of in their own world now, which, uh, no, I'm kidding. It's it's not quite like that. 
And then, too, the stat that I said you wouldn't see anywhere else, I guess we're kind of recapping here, but the 27th walk-off home run in target field history in 1,034 games, which comes out to about two per season, um, 38 games, one every 38 games, 81 home games every season. So roughly twice a year we get to see a Twins walk-off. First walk-off home run in Carlos Correa's big league career, which seems... I guess kind of wild, but then again, it's not uncommon for guys to have great careers and not be a guy who hits a walk-off homer. Uh, Joe Mowers didn't come until I think 2015 against Matt Barnes for his first, and he'd been in the big leagues for 11, 12 years at that point. So anyway, uh, some fun facts there. We got a couple more too. <clears throat> Twins' fifth walk-off win of the season. Only the White Sox have more with six. No walk-off for the White Sox tonight. They're in Los Angeles and trailing, so it's possible the Twins could pick up another half game, put Chicago down five and a half, and the Guardians out west as well facing the pods and trailing. So it's possible the Twins will lead by two and a half games before the night is up. This was also the first time Devin Williams had allowed two home runs in any outing. 180 career games. So again, a lot of things had to align for this to um, come to fruition. Also too, Willie Castro's steal, which they've really gotten kind of gutsy about these is um, the 25th straight successful stolen vase in a row for the twins. 25 steals, zero caught steals. I believe I tweeted this yesterday or the day before, but the Twins are now over a month since they've been caught stealing a base. Absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, what what more can we say about this game? Edouard Julien does a nice job up top. Donnie Solani, Kyle Farmer, Michael A. Taylor with multi-hit games. Michael A. Taylor has... 10 home runs on the season. He's slugging 451. What a perfect guy to have in your nine spot. He's you're not asking too much out of him. He's got a 281 on base percentage. He's hitting 237. He's striking out like 35% of the time. But he he plays good defense. He takes care of everything that you ask him to take care of. And as I stated, already has more home runs than he had all of last season. So his career high is 19, which I think is in play. Um, you know, again, depending on how much, if at all, the Twins get Buxton out in center. But with um, 10 homers in 61 games, he hit nine in 124 last year. So literally half as many games for the same number of home runs, a little under half. In fact, if he's in the lineup tomorrow for the day game, which I think we all expect him to be, then he will be halfway there all the way there, and then some in half the time. Just a nice turnaround. Uh, yeah, 34.6% strikeout rate. Um, you know it's bad when you strike out in a game and then your strikeout rate still goes down. Let's just say that much. Uh, 101 weighted runs carry plus, though. Been a league average bat in the number nine spot. Let's let's see what you guys are up to because I really appreciate, to the um, – the comments and the people that come in and hang out with me on a regular basis. Ryan Linderholm says, that's what we pay Correa for. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I can take credit for it. 
But I definitely tweeted about Carlos Correa and signature moments probably about a year ago at this time. And then just kind of hammered on it, hammered on it, hammered on it down the stretch. And now he 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 hits that homer and Dick Bramer goes, and that's the Carlos Correa signature moment. And again, I can't take credit for starting that narrative. But I just want to say, like, I was at least there when it started. I may not have started it, but I was in the building. So um, exciting, exciting game, though. Exciting way for Correa to end it. And just um, overdue, really overdue. And uh, actually, let's um, let's talk about Correa before we go to our first break. So his slash line for the season is up to 217, 302, 415. If you're not aware, slash line is average on base slugging. I assume you are, but I shouldn't assume that all the listeners pay attention to the same thing. So basically, nobody's going to get excited about a 217 batting average, but at least having his on base into the 300s, the slugging into the four, you can kind of see things rounding into form. Korea has a 919 OPS in June. That includes the home run. Uh, hitting 250 with a 294 on base. So the on base could do some work, but when you're slugging 625, people are probably not going to throw up too much of a fuss. Uh, Correa has been an incredible June hitter over his career, and maybe this is what we all should have waited for before starting to shovel dirt on him and where this season was headed. And again, things can still turn back, but 919 OPS in June this month, eight games, Last year it was 1,012, the year before 1,089. For his career, Carlos Correa has played 143 games in June, so roughly the equivalent of a full season with a few days off in there. If that were to stay true to form, he hit 303, 384, 583. So MVP caliber numbers, a 967 OPS, 37 homers, 109 stolen bases, 34 doubles, um... 45.2% of his hits have been extra base hits in that span, so roughly every other. Um, I'm trying to think of what else even. I mean, just just absolutely incredible production. So June is the month for Carlos Correa, and we saw it firsthand. Let's talk about game time. So if you need tickets to a game, for instance, Twins wrapping things up with the Brewers on Wednesday, but also, too, Eight more games on the homestand after that. So uh, if you want to get up to Target Field and watch the boys, this is your chance. If you are looking for tickets, you download the Game Time app. Go to GameTime.co.com. Co. And um, they got everything. You just kind of put in like where you are. You're, you're, you know, they find you based on your city. And then they tell you the events around. It's, it's concerts. It's shows. And, of course, sporting events. We are in the throes of MLB season. And again, twins in the midst or just the beginning really of a 10 game homestand. And so plenty of opportunities to go through the app and, um, you know, just kind of see what's available. What what are the best seats? What are the cheapest seats? Whichever you want. um, They can handle either way. Also too, the game time guarantee means if you find the same section tickets somewhere else for less game time, will credit you a hundred percent, 110%, sorry, of the difference. So 
You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know where you're sitting. A uh, couple quick taps, and the tickets are yours, and they're sent directly to your phone. No digging through your email. So you can snag the tickets without all the stress at Game Time. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and get this. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. But again, create a, an account excuse me, and redeem LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time, the app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So I know we're all, I shouldn't say we're all anything, but we're all pretty elated about how this went. And I think that's probably fair too, right? But it wasn't all good. In fact, it, it wasn't particularly mostly good. Before we get into that too, thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. If you're an everyday or check back tomorrow, we will have a full recap of the Brewer series again. Still messing with my brain that it's a two-game series, but then we get a couple regular four-game series against the Tigers and the Red Sox. And if you thought teams couldn't come in more down bad than the Brewers getting swept by the A's, the Tigers had uh, a stretch of, I think, nine straight losses just before this too. So it has very good potential for the Twins to clean up on this homestand. The Red Sox are in, let's say, transition to be kind or gentle. Um, doesn't look like they're going to have much in the way of big-time pitching coming at the Twins, which I think is pretty typical of what the, the Red Sox offer right now anyhow. But the, the, the things that kind of got under my skin in this game were – and so, so Joey Gallo doubles off Hobie Milner, right? And Milner's a sidewinding lefty, so it's already a bad matchup for Gallo. And this was in the uh, seventh. Corbin Burns gives up the homer to, to Kyle Farmer. Milner comes in, can't throw strikes. Gallo doubles on a 2-0 sinker. Now, again, I like the result. I don't like the process. Lefty can't throw strikes, and Gallo's just up there swinging away, swinging away, swinging away. Good for him. He ends up getting stranded on third because, you know, that's kind of what the Twins offense does. But then he comes in in the eighth. It's Joel Pyamps pitching. Um, Max Kepler, for some reason, hits for Royce Lewis, and we'll talk, to, talk about that in a second. But... Gallo gets up with the bases loaded, and, and you all know by now the bases are loaded. Time to drink one beer and call 911 tweet that I send out every single time they have the bases loaded. But um, Gallo strikes out. He goes down 0-2, and then three straight balls out of the zone, and then he takes called strike three on a slider right down the middle. And that's not the only plate appearance I was upset about. In fact, um, let's go back quickly to Michael A. Taylor against Hobie Milner. So Gallo doubles to right, then Taylor gets up 3-0, takes a swinging, takes a looking strike, then a swinging strike, and then 90, actually 89 if you uh, believe ESPN, right down the middle swings through it. So basically three straight sinkers swung right, or two swung right through, one taken, um, just one of the uglier plate appearances of the game. Does get retribution in the ninth, so I, I can't take it all away from Michael A. Taylor. But that was an ugly plate appearance. And then, so 
Gallo takes a changeup first, or swings at a changeup for a strike, swings at a sinker for a strike from Pi Amps in the eighth. This actually ends the eighth. Uh, base is loaded. Takes a slider away, changeup away and down, slider down and in. Then Pi Amps pipes the slider, Gallo locks up, and that's that. So initially, my frustration was that it was a hanger, as our friend Ryan here in the chat says. And I thought, okay, full count, two outs, bases loaded. I understand the mentality of expecting a fastball. But in the back of your head, you still have to be prepared that you got to spoil something, right? So I tweeted that. And then a couple friends reached out and they're like, yeah, besides that, he's a slider pitcher. So I look up. I am on fan graphs, 40% sliders. What do you think he's going to go 2-3-2? Of course. Of course he's going to a slider. Also, too, Gallo faced one fastball in the entire plate appearance. Strike two, he swung through a sinker, 95 miles per hour, uh, one of six pitches. He sees one fastball the whole time. So, again, if he's sitting fastball, I don't, I don't understand that mentality whatsoever. So very aggressive against a lefty sidewinder, 2-0. Very passive against a righty throwing a cement mixer, 3-2. Those two things don't reconcile with me. Again, I, I'm a Joey Gallo guy. I think he can definitely help this team, and they missed him while he was out. But those two plate appearances, to me, just don't jive. Now, let's, uh, let's look at some of the other stuff that I didn't like. Um, still struck out 14 times. Um, still a lot of called third strikes. So, um, I'm going to pull it up here because I want to see how many, um, taken strikes the, uh, looking, yeah, looking strikeouts, I should say. Easy for me to say while I'm trying to talk and look at the screen and everything. Twins batters are now up to 171 looking strikeouts. Only one other team is above 160. It's the Giants at 179 ahead of the Twins, but the Twins are in second. Um, otherwise, Cubs 159, Brewers 158, Reds 158. So there's a pretty good gap between the top two, which are the Giants and Twins, and then everyone else. The... The called third strikes, I don't, um, I don't have an issue with, but I, uh, you just this many, just just way, way, way too many, for um, this to be some kind of fluke, some kind of, um, you know, something they'll easily get past. I don't, I don't understand why there's so many taking third strikes. And I, I've had a lot of people tell me or say to me that um, they're not, they're not swinging at the pitches they should be punishing in the middle of plate appearances. You know, the get me over two one fastball, cement mixer, slider, change up late in there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I agree with that, but the looking strikeouts just absolutely kill me. Um, 14 strikeouts for the twins. Uh, Jeffers over his last 13 now that people want him to play more. Um, so we'll see if the pendulum swings back toward him getting to play a little less and Vasquez playing more. And then to the um, 
Max Kepler pinch hitting for Royce Lewis just did not sit well with me. Um, in a sense, it worked because Kepler walked. Um, in another sense, it didn't work because he didn't score. But to me, the process makes no sense there. Whoever, wherever the Twins are headed in the future is going to hinge on what Royce Lewis does in a situation like that. And again, I know it's right on right, breaking ball heavy. Uh, a lot of, you know, Lewis, Royce jumps out of his shoes at breaking balls, I think, especially front door ones. And so I could see that being a mismatch, but I also want to see him learn from that. And so to me, pinch hitting Kepler, they're just, doesn't work for me. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I got to stick with Lewis. It looks like Mark in the chat agrees, which um, <laughs> nice of nice of Mark to join us. Mark was a little worried that I wasn't live when his stream didn't load. So uh, we see you, Mark. Um, but yeah, uh, this offense, man, uh, this offense has got me uh, got me reeling still. Uh, and the Kepler move just did not sit well with me. Um, some things we might have missed. The ninth inning damage for the Twins took all of 14 pitches. And that's a lot of damage to do in, in 14 pitches. Um, if we just go down the line, um, Michael A. Taylor homers on the second pitch. Four-seam fastball, yanks it, homers to center. Excellent. Julian walks on six pitches. Solano singles on the third pitch and Correa homers on the third pitch. 14 pitches, four runs, three hits, no outs recorded. Doesn't get much better than that against Devin Williams. And go back to the top of the show if you're wondering what all that means because we have a lot of fun stuff. Uh, Josh Winder getting the W. And again, you guys probably know me well enough to know I don't care about pitcher wins and losses really at all. But to see Winder strike out four, Scatter some hits, 38 pitches, 25 strikes. Like a lot of positives from Josh Winder there, who um, in my preseason bold prediction segment, I said I thought Winder would throw big innings for this bullpen. I don't know that we're ever going to get there this season. Who knows? Maybe not ever. But this was encouraging. This was exceptionally encouraging by Josh Winder. And good to see, too, that after an off day, the Twins can still get a W. They didn't have to use Jax. They didn't have to use Duran, Lopez. Um, they're still in a good place. So I really am uh, I'm pleased with that. And so we'll see where things go with Wednesday's matinee. Again, it's a 12-10 game. Twins Brewers, Colin Ray and Bailey Ober. If you want to catch every pitch, though, um, check out the Twins Hometown Broadcast on SiriusXM. On the SXM app, just search Twins. We have a commercial on there as well. You can hear me poorly described what this show is all about, but you're already listening. So that's exciting. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, another thing you might've missed Pablo Lopez settling down after his typical goofy inning. Um, lots of damage with two outs in this one. In fact, um, I do want to pull that up because I want to make sure I have this right, but the, the bulk of Milwaukee's 
runs scored with two outs, if I'm not mistaken. We're going to make sure we're going to get the facts straight. Just the facts, ma'am. Um, with two outs tonight, your Brewers or their Brewers scored. Okay, so three runs still. Um, three of five, so 60% still qualifies as the bulk. Um, yeah, Ryan saying they had prime 2019 Yelly today. Christian Yelich looked dang good. Um, he's uh, a dang good player. If his back is good, he's good and ready to roll. I want to see Willie Adamas get going for them, just not until they leave town because I really like him. And, and the rest of that offense is kind of a mash unit. Good to see jo John Singleton back in the big leagues after almost 10 years out, though. Um, great to see. Uh, we already mentioned Michael A. Taylor, more homers this year than last in half as many games. And Correa, again, 919 OPS in June. He's up to 217, 302, 415 on the season. Again, nobody's going to get excited about those numbers, but where you've been and where you're going, et cetera, et cetera, things of that nature, uh, he's making progress. If you can keep rolling to the end of June, you're probably looking at is very typical 270, 340, 500 slash, something like that. So on the right path, on the right track, hopefully to Byron Buxton on the way back soon to lengthen out this order. Joey Gallo made his return in this one with Kyle Garlic going back. Uh, appears, last I saw too, St. Paul was crushing Louisville like 17 to 7. So some good things going on there. Kent Maeda is going to make one more start there as well. Um, but yeah, uh, so let's see, let's talk about Colin Ray because, um, I like you did not know that much about him. In fact, I wasn't aware that he was still in the big leagues until a few weeks ago. Um, didn't pitch at all in 2022, barely 2021, basically he had 20 combined innings, uh, since 2016. You know, you Padres, Cubs, a lot of like um, kind of mix and match of being in the big leagues. Uh, almost reminds me a little bit of the beginning of Rich Hill's career, which, um, you know, I don't know if that's uh, an apt comparison. But uh, Ray's been solid. Yeah, as uh, our friend Minnesota Russian says, he's been solid. Uh, 8.3 strikeouts per nine. The homers have been problematic. But again, how much does that matter when you're facing the Twins who don't hit that many homers? Um, 4.5 ERA, 4.47. You know, again, we've seen the Twins just make these guys look like aces all season long. Uh, Ray throws a lot of cutters, depending on um, a lot of sinkers. A lot of it depends on your classification, whether you're on pitch info, StatCast. StatCast says he's a cutter sinker guy who will mix in a slider curve and then a four-seamer every now and then. So... Um, kind of keep you on your toes as far as specific pitches for strikeouts and that sort of thing. Um, his big swing and miss pitch this year is actually nothing. His cutter's a 12.6% whiff rate, 12.0 on the four seam, 12.1 on the slider. So it's more about the number of pitches he can show you rather than just one specific pitch that's really going to get you to you know drive yourself into the ground. The sinker, though, is heavy. 63% ground ball rate. So if he can work ahead of you or if he gets guys on and induces ground ball double plays, he's going to be tough. But this is not the kind of guy the Twins should be eating out of the palm of their hand. With that said, though, I feel like we've said that before and, you know, it's just kind of uh, 
things like that have gone sideways many, many times this season. Um, you know, somebody wanted me to take a look at what players do and do not have options. So I'm going to close out with that. Um, not entirely related to tonight's game, but it was a special request and I am a man of the people. So, um, the following twins are out of options. Uh, Michael A. Taylor, Vasquez, Kepler, Gallo, Correa, and Solano were all obvious ones. Um, in the rotation or in the bullpen, Brock Stewart, Jorge Lopez, De Leon, uh, obviously Pagan, Sonny Gray, those guys out of options. Um, Nick Gordon out of options as far as guys on the uh, injured list. But otherwise, you've got Edward Julian has all three left. Kirilov has one. Royce Lewis has two. Ryan Jeffers has two. Trevor Larnick has two. Kyle Farmer still has one, believe it or not. Uh, Willie Castro has one. Pablo Lopez has two somehow. Uh, Bailey Ober has two. Joe Ryan and Louis Varlin both have three. Jawan Duran still has one. Giovanni Moran has two. Griffin Jacks has two. Josh Winder has two. Um, Hilberto Celestino has one. I assume that'll get used when he comes back from the 60-day IL. I know he had a big game for St. Paul tonight. Um, Chris Paddock still has two. Alcala has three. I don't know if that's right, but uh, Cole Sands has two, and Caleb Thielbar has one. So that is the active roster. Um, a couple other guys, Miranda has two. Walner has three. Garlic has one. Um Beyond that, that's uh, kind of it. Um, Jordan Balazovic only has one, so that's going to be especially interesting if he makes his way up. But anyway, that's it. This is a wrap for Locked on Twins. Follow us at Locked on Twins, at Brandon underscore Warren. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. If you're an everydayer, check back for full coverage of the Brewer series and a preview of the Tigers. Subscribe, like, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. And this is Brandon Moore signing off saying thank you so much and don't forget to stop by tomorrow.